We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I want to start off, obviously, with the big news that Ohio State defensive end Javante Jean-Baptiste is, I believe, how is the correct way of saying it, a native of New Jersey who went to Bergen Catholic, a school that Notre Dame fans are quite familiar with, has decided to head to Notre Dame and will transfer to Notre Dame. Ryan, I think this is a very important pickup for Notre Dame. Let's just give a little bit of a backstory here just real quick, not a ton. Remember about a week or so ago, I made a comment that there was another player visiting that we couldn't comment on. This was him. So this was a situation where Notre Dame was kind of looking at Javante, John Baptiste and Byron Vaughn's. And essentially what they decided on is to push for John Baptiste because he's the guy that projects more as a big end, the defensive end position. So that people understand the terms at Notre Dame, how they call it basically is they have Defensive end, which is the big end, Viper, which is the weak side end, three technique and a nose. And they project him to be a defensive end. And Vaughn's is more of a Viper, but more of a pure Viper. And note, as we have said for weeks, Notre Dame really likes its depth chart at Viper. I, I know they lost Foskey, and I know there's a lot of uncertainty, but with Jordan Patelho. Josh Burnham, Junior to Alamaca, and some other players who could potentially play there. They really like that. The big end position was more of the, the question mark, you know, and then finding potentially an interior guy. So as we've been saying for a while, that's the positions that they had been focusing, not on Viper. Javante, Javante Jean-Baptiste Ryan looks a bit like a Viper based on what has played Viper at Notre Dame in recent years, but I think that's more of just that's what Foskey was in this defense, not necessarily what they're looking for. They're projecting him to be play that defensive end position, which is more of a power position and fits his game well. So that's a little bit of the backstory on that. I mean, this is something he entered the portal. Notre Dame got involved early. Al Washington has obviously a relationship with this young man, high academic kid. I reached out to some of my sources at Ohio State who said this is a great kid. Like, yeah, football player and all that, but like this is a great kid, great student would fit in very well at Notre Dame. And honestly, Ryan, one of the things is he's kind of been buried behind a really loaded defensive end depth chart the last couple of years. But still, 
has had pretty good production. I think finished tied for fourth in sacks this year at Ohio State, and he was only one behind the guy that led the team. There's one guy, two guys with four and a half, one with four, and then he had three and a half. And his uh, success rate in corner pro football focus as a pass rusher, his win rate was higher than what Isaiah Foskey's was and was comparable to what Will Anderson's was last year. He just didn't play a lot of snaps, had like 131 snaps. So he was a, a regular member of a, of a very deep end rotation. He just wasn't the guy. But his production was good, and his production per snap was very good the last two years. Now at Notre Dame, he'll transition to that big end position, Ryan, and it just gives them another depth piece with a lot of experience and some skills. So uh, just first of all, general thoughts about him before we dive into his specific skill set here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at his background, like you said, coming out of Bergen Catholic, he was actually recruited as a linebacker originally coming out, right? And I think that a lot of those same traits that you see from what made him a you know pretty highly coveted kid, obviously ending up at Ohio State, you, you see on film still. And not to get too much in the specifics, but I think that it's a – it's an interesting fit, Brian, because you know, we've talked about this, right? I didn't want Notre Dame to really bring in a true Viper type because I want to see Jordan Patelho play because I think they have uh, Joshua Burnham, Aiden Gobira, that mix I think could be a very productive unit for Notre Dame. But the spot that I need more production out of, and, you know, let's see what happens with Riley Mills positionally, is the big end position. And I think that hearing that Javante Jean Baptiste is being projected as that big end is a really interesting compliment to what you have because he has been very productive. I mean, over 17% win rates on PFF, just for people that aren't, you know, don't stick to those stats too much. It's a really good rate, man. It's really good. I mean, Oski was in the 14s the last two years, by the way. Exactly. And in limited opportunities, like you said, sure. But I mean, what he's, been on the field he's been a productive football player and the other thing is that he's going to be a six-year senior right so you come into this season now with a additional veteran leadership 
and a guy that's been productive in the snaps that he's gotten. So I know from an NFL standpoint, coming into the year back in the spring, he had a draftable grade. It was a late round draftable grade, but he had a draftable grade despite being a backup because you see the athleticism that he has, but you also see that he has a verified almost 80 inch wingspan. Like he's a long, long dude. So that length experience, I mean, for people that won't watch Ohio state a ton, Ohio state doesn't really have a Viper big end type of situation, right? Like they're kind of just standard defensive ends. They don't really flip and flop guys a ton, right? Not a ton. Yeah. Yeah. So a guy that's had experience kind of playing on both sides of the line, a guy that has played a lot of football over them there for the last couple of years has been productive doing that and has played at a high level. I think that we can't talk enough about that, right? Like he's played at Ohio State. He's played in some big football games, obviously, during the course of his career. So I think it's a low-risk addition, you know? Like maybe he isn't a star for Notre Dame, but at worst he gives you valuable yeah. depth and a valuable football right. player for this team. Ron, I think the thing about it too. Some some people have asked, isn't he a natural replacement for Fosky? And like, no. There's a the natural replacements for Fosky for Notre Dame are already on the roster. I think the thing that people have to understand is just because they had Isaiah Fosky playing that role the last two years, because that's where he you needed him, doesn't mean that's necessarily how they envision that position being in the in the future. Now, if you'd got Keon Keeley, you'd have probably continued that, you know, unless Keon outgrew it and. Because I think Keon could eventually play big end in the in the right defense. Because again, the, how the big end is used is different depending on the player. You know, they used Khalid Kareem and, and Adi Ogundiji a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And they used Adi Ogundiji a lot different than how they used Myron Tungavaloa. And they used Myron Tungavaloa and Riley Mills a little bit similar, which was a little bit of an issue for me. But the Riley Mills thing is interesting, Ryan, because the reality is Notre Dame has two big question marks on the defensive line prior to today. Defensive end and defensive tackle, three technique. The reality is, is right now you project the best player on the roster at both of those positions is Riley Mills. Right. And the problem is, and this is the debate you and I had the other day, which I thought was a a good one, is we could debate whether or not Riley's a better three technique or a big end. But my question to you was, but if you move him, who plays big end? Right. Like, I don't know if Nana Osafa Mensa, who's a very important player to Notre Dame, is a guy that you want to all of a sudden be the guy that's playing 40, 50 snaps. Now, if Nana beats out Javante Jean-Baptiste, great. Then he's obviously up this game and he's ready to play. But even then, you've got another body along with Alexander Ehrensberger that you kind of rotate those three guys through to where you can kind of tailor how you use each of them to their strengths. I don't know if either of the guys – I mean, I think the guy with the highest ceiling is Alexander Ehrensberger. I just don't know where he is from a development standpoint. Sure. But the point is, you get this young man, now you feel good about that defensive end depth, right? Whether it's Nana that ends up winning the starting job, whether it's Jean-Baptiste that wins the job, whether Ahrensberger has a breakout offseason and he wins the job, whether Tyson Ford maybe stays outside and he wins the job, maybe one of the – maybe Bubakar comes in and and is way more advanced than we thought, like Benjamin Morrison, like Joe Walt, right? We thought those guys would need a little bit of time. Maybe something like that happens, but the point is, Ryan – with the, with John Baptiste, the two returners plus Armel Mukum, Bubakar, Brendan Vernon, you feel like you have now the 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 comfort level there and the numbers and the talent there and the length there that you feel a little bit better about moving Riley Mills inside on more of a full time basis. Doesn't mean Riley can't still have some situations where he's playing out there, no. but now you can feel better about saying, "Hey, let's move Riley back inside." 
let's maybe turn him into a really disruptive three technique and we feel good about being there. So now it solidifies, in my opinion, two positions by getting John Baptiste because you're going to be able to make a more permanent move with Riley Mills inside where I don't know if you could have permanently moved him. I think you'd have had to do what you did this year, which is play him a little bit both. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think is they, I think they want Riley inside. We saw him inside in the bowl game. But then they would go to their three-man fronts. They ran some odd-man fronts in the bowl game, as we saw, where they'd kind of bump them out. And and I and I, we saw that against USC, obviously, where he will play over the tackle still some. But that was as a three-technique bumping out it, because they had – remember, Jason Adamiola didn't play, and they had to move him inside or place him. But then that left the big end position a little bit exposed in those two games, if, you're, if we're going to be honest about it. So I think that's another aspect where this commitment picks up. It's like, are, are we going to sit here and say, oh, man – this guy's going to give you all the production that 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 uh, Isaiah Foskey had because look at his win rate in the pass rush game. Well, maybe he's not a guy who can carry that 17% win rate over to 45 snaps a game. Like I've said this about Howard Cross. When you go back and look at his career, when Howard Cross can play about 25 to 30 snaps a game, he's hard to block. Yes. But when you play him 40-plus snaps a game, he wears down pretty quickly because he's only 275 pounds. In an ideal world, you could keep Howard Cross as part of a rotation where he plays less snaps, which makes him more dynamic in a smaller amount of reps. Maybe that's how Baptiste is. And that's why maybe the staff has to keep him as part of rotation. Maybe he can project it to 40, 45 snaps. I don't know the answers to that, Ryan, because we've never seen him play that much. Sure. But what I know is, to your point, we have seen him at a high level play in a system where he was part of a very talented edge rotation, and when he was on the field, he was productive. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're adding to this. At the minimum, that's what you're adding to this depth chart, and that's important because, to be honest with you, they've swung and missed missed a lot on on the defensive line this year, if we're being Mm -hmm. honest. And it was important that they got a win in this situation. And Jean Baptiste is a, is a win in this situation. I mean, he's definitely a win. Cause like I said, I think he's a, he's a low risk player, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if he isn't a substantial producer at the end, at the end of the season, he's only here for one year. Right. And I know that sounds kind of mean for a second, but like this is a one year rental for a kid that's going to go try to play in the NFL and had again, late round draftable grades. So he's going to be probably in one of the all-star games next year. And he's trying to have the one year of great production heading into the NFL. So you see that. And I say, again, it's going to be a six year senior respected kid. Like you said, by everyone around the program, good student, good person. And he also is going to bring in, I mean, you mentioned him already, but Bubakar Traore, Brendan Vernon, those types are going to be able to be around a guy like that that has been there, done that, been through the fire, seen the big games, and going to be able to help them along like a Nano Asafamensa will be able to do as well. Like those guys will kind of be able to really tutor those younger guys kind of outside of just his impact on the football field. So I think from every vantage point, man, I, I can't really find a drawback to this. I think that you just have to have the right expectations. I think that Javante Jean-Baptiste is going to be a – good productive football player in a in whatever role that he is given for Notre Dame. You should not expect him to be Isaiah Foskey because if you're going to do that, you're going to set him up for failure. You're going to set yourself up to failure. So you're going to set the whole team up for failure. What you're going to get out of this kid, though, is veteran leadership, a good football player, a player that's going to be productive for the snaps he's given. And again, 
He's a six-year senior that's gonna that's been around the block a couple times. So I really don't see any drawback to this one. I think it's gonna be rock solid. I love your point about Riley Mills because now if you are a team that wants to play a little more three-man front, using Riley as that end in a three-man front and then moving inside as a defensive tackle as a three technique when you go to more four-man stuff. I think that you can get a lot out of him in that regard, and you strengthen your interior, especially from a disruption perspective. So you strengthen two positions. You've got a good football player who is a who is a, a pretty, you know, he's going to at worst be a solid contributor. Like I just don't think there's a lot of risk to this move. And I think that Javante Jean-Baptiste, for what we've seen on the field at Ohio State, was a good football player. And anytime yeah. you add more good football players to the room, I mean, what are we going to complain about? Ryan, and real quick too is is we talked about his pass rush numbers. His run stop numbers were identical to almost identical to Isaiah Foskey's as well, and they were about two to three points higher than Riley Mills, which is a pretty big jump. So he he was a sound all around player last year. His uh, his run stop numbers, according to Pro Football Focus, his run stop percentage it's on a per snap basis. It's like a run stop is I think it's like you either tackle for loss or a stuff at the line of scrimmage, or you hold a guy within two yards and that's where you make yes. the play. Correct. His run stop rate was also higher than the other two big time ends that they had last year, too. It was higher than, I believe, Zach Harrison's and it was higher than uh, Jack Sawyer's. Uh, so Javante John Baptiste was at six point five. Zach Harrison was a five point five. Jack Sawyer was at six point zero. Michael Hall uh, Jr. is an inside guy with six point oh. And JT Tui Maloa was six point seven. John Baptiste was six point five. And if you look at uh, Isaiah Foskey last year, he was 6.7. So it was very similar to what Isaiah Foskey was last year. So um, just wanted to kind of point that out as well uh, to what his number was. So uh, you're also getting a guy that has shown an ability to be a, a productive run player for the snaps he's played. Now, at 250, 255 pounds, can he be a guy that can do that for an extra 15, 20 snaps a game? We'll see. That That's right. a question mark. But at least for the we know for the snaps that he he played and he played uh, over 200 snaps this season. Like I said, as part of a rotation, he he was able to kind of give you that. So, uh, well, Brian, can I also say yeah. when we first heard about Javante Jean Baptiste entering the portal, my initial thought was, you know, are they going to bring him in to play Viper? And then when you sit down and watch the film, he plays a lot more like a big end than a Viper. So it right. kind of makes sense that that's kind of where this staff is projecting him to play because originally I thought Viper, but I think it makes a lot of sense to fit in that big end room. Let's talk about his skill set specifically, Ryan. First thing you're going to notice about this young man is he is all kinds of long. I mean, you've said you've heard reports that he's an 80 plus wingspan guy, Ryan. Is that what you said to me? He, or he He's a nearly 80 inch. I have it in front of me somewhere. I believe he was like 79 in some that's change. Per, that's I, really long. Yeah, it's really long. I, I have it right here. So the officials on him in the last spring were 6'4 and 6'8, so right around 6'5, 248, 33 and a half inch arms. He had a 79 and three quarter inch wingspan. It's very long. Yeah. You're, if you're if you're near 80, you're long. He's got a little bit of a narrow body, right? Which mm -hmm. is one of my concerns. And and I'm curious to see how they're, how they're going to use the big end, but a lot of times that big end is matched up against a tight end or a tackle. You're not getting as many double team situations as you are playing three techniques. So I, I'm not as concerned about it there, the way that they use it. I think he can also be a guy that can play in sort of five technique situations as well when you're playing in three man fronts. 
so size wise, Ryan, he he's he's a little narrow, but he's got great length. It's hard to and the other thing, the reason the length is important because it's hard for you to get on my body if I know how to use my hands. And Ryan, that's something that we both talked about before the show with each, when we were discussing each other is he's got really good hands. Yes. He's natural block. He's he's got some natural ability as a block destructor. He's got good technique as a block destructor. He shows he's not like a powerful guy, like he's just gonna throw guys around. He's got really heavy hands. And he's really good at getting off blocks. I think that is something that's very important for that big end. And that's the thing to me that made me say, okay, this guy can project as a big end because he's got really good natural strength, really strong hands. And he's he uses his hands very well to keep people off his body and to get off blocks and get to the football. Well, and I, I think the length of the heavy hands are really important, right, in, in that role because that was the first thing I noticed about him because the first few reps I saw of, of Javante were actually of him in the run game, not as a pass rusher. And you saw – I also thought that he read blocks really well. Like there were some times where, you know, you were working against a down block and then here comes someone trying to kick you out. And I feel like he has pretty good spatial awareness. He kind of sees the game, I think, at a, at a good level, and he was able to read the blocks to be in proper position. But – to your point, Brian, I think he has a good strike. He's able to gain extension. And then when he gains extension, he's got that 33 and a half inch arm, right? So he's able to gain to get guys off of his body. And I think that the hand usage really pops not only in the run game, but also as a pass rusher. You know, like I, I know people hear me see say outside track a ton as a pass rusher. And, and what I mean by outside track is the upfield shoulder of a tackle. So it's around the arc. And most guys win around the arc with bends, right? They're able to get to that upfield shoulder and they're able to dip and then they have kind of flexible ankles and hips to really run that track. Javante is able to win the outside track, but not in that regard. He wins because he has really good hands at the top of the arc. You see the double swipe, you see getting hands off you, and then he's able to just kind of continue his momentum. So he's not the bendiest guy of all time, but he actually wins on the outside track or, or running the hoop a decent amount for a guy that I wouldn't say is like the most bendy guy of all time. So I think that hand usage to your point, Brian, and the length shows up as a pass rusher in the run game as well, because he's able to kind of cover a decent amount of ground. And the other thing about in the run game that I noticed is I think that that tackle radius really shows up because I personally didn't see him miss any tackles in the couple games that I watched. So I think he's a pretty short tackler. I think he's got a big tackle radius. And I think he really understands how to use his length and use his hands, both in the run game and the pass game, to be a good football player. One thing I see from too, Ryan, is you know you mentioned he's, he's not a real laterally quick guy. You, I, I really like the burst off the line. I think he actually will fit this defense really well as a pass rusher. I think he's got a lot of Adi Ogundiji in him, if I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm looking at all the Notre Dame players last – you know, five, six, seven years when this kind of rebuild and turnaround happened. The guy that stands out the most for people who want comps is Adi. Great length, little narrow frame, right? But Adi was able to, because I thought Adi was going to put on more weight, and he never did. Adi Takumba Ogandiji, who I'm referring to there. And he you knew a little bit narrow shoulders, but, or not narrow shoulders, no, a little bit narrow butt, a little bit narrow hips, not a real thick guy like Khalid Kareem was, like some other guys that played that position. So, We've seen what a body type like his looks like in this defense if they keep it somewhat similar to what it has been in the past. And I don't think Marcus Freeman's defense was necessarily exponentially different for how it used the big end compared to how how Clark Lee did. And honestly, we haven't really seen them turn a guy loose as an edge rusher from that spot. And, and so I don't know if that's necessarily something they're looking for 
I think they right. want their pass rush to come up from the middle to the Viper and then with linebacker pressures. If they can get a guy that can provide a little bit more pass rush from the big end, it, I think they – well, let me rephrase. If they try to allow the big ends to play a little bit more pass rushers, I think that's something that could help. I also think, Ryan, he brings a little bit of – you look at who could potentially replace Justin uh, Adamiola's role on third down. I think Jordan Patejo is probably the guy right now that I'm looking at is possibly being that maybe a Josh Burnham, but I could see him playing a little bit of that role as well. When from the, when they use Justin inside, mm-hmm. I could see him doing a little bit of that as well. Cause Justin also wasn't the most like, you know, flip and your he, hips and yeah, yeah. kind of guy. He was a motor guy, quick first step and all that kind of stuff. So that's another, another role that he could potentially play. Although I don't think that's necessarily the primary role. Sure. That they're looking for him to play in this in this offense or in this and defense. I, I... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And I think what you saw from Jean Baptiste at Ohio State is, like I said before, he kind of played on both sides of the ball a little bit, right? Like he wasn't just a left end in their system, he wasn't just a right end. He kind of played a little bit of both. And I think that you saw that. Again, from a body type perspective, initially I thought he was a Viper, right? Like I thought that's what he looked like. But you saw the work against the run. That was a lot better than what I originally anticipated. It was a lot of you know good understanding of gap integrity, setting the edge, being physical with your hands. So I, I think that he is a player, to your point, Brian, that can be a versatile play, piece, right? And even if he's a guy that is a you know mostly outside track guy as a rusher, Again, that helps out a guy like a Riley Mills, who I don't think Riley's a guy that's going to get home a ton as a pure edge rusher. But in passing situations, him inside a three-tech, working against guards with the length and quickness he has compared to interior offensive linemen, I think that you now have a lot more variety as a pass rush team with a Javante Jean-Baptiste, Jean-Baptiste, excuse me, because you have now the more athletic, bendy types of the Jordan Batellos and the, you know, the Aiden Gabiras and the Joshua Burnhams. And now you have the ability to move Riley Mills more inside on definite pass situations at worst. But then you also have, in my opinion, I mean, Nano Asafa Mensa, I think is a really good edge setter, right? Like he plays hard. He plays with good violence and, and a nice motor, but he's not a high, he's not a guy that I think is going to be a super productive pass rusher. Like, I just don't know if that's ever going to be his role. Javante Jean-Baptiste as that big end on a four down, like if they have a four down alignment as in a pass rush, you know, a pass rush opportunity, I think that he can win from that outside track. I think he can give you more juice as a pass rusher than like a Nana can, or even what a Riley Mills would do as a traditional defensive end in a four man front. So I think that it's a, it's a no lose situation, man. Like I, I think that again, I, this isn't like a boomer bust. This isn't like you're taking a young kid and who was a former five star that if he doesn't play well, he's out of here in a year, right? Javante Jean Baptiste has been there. He's done that. He's here for a year. He's trying to boost his draft stock. He's trying to get the full scope of playing time. 
And I think that it's a really good just opportunity for him. I think that's important to talk about with him and Thomas Harper. Yes. Because neither of these guys are like, look, could could he come in and you're like, wow, they were high. They, them not giving him a shot at Ohio State kept them, him from showing this great first round ability. I, I guess anything's possible, right? Like, but that's not what you're bringing him in to do. Like, that's the thing to understand. Is you're not bringing him in here to replace Isaiah Foskey's production. You're bringing him in here to be part of a defensive line that can be a championship caliber group. That's the key. And and so he's not going to come in, in my view, play 60 snaps a game, have 15 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, do all those type of things. He's not that guy. No. Now, do I think that they want his production to be good and to be maybe like eight, nine tackles for loss, four or five sacks? Yeah, I think that's kind of what they're looking for from him because that's what he did at Ohio State in far fewer snaps than what I think he's going to play this year because he averaged – I think a little less than 20 snaps per game, which because mm-hmm. they played a really heavy rotation at Ohio State. That's the thing to, to people have to understand is uh, when you look at Ohio State's defensive end position, their their leading guy in 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 snaps was uh, JT Tuia Maloa. I don't know if I'm saying that right. They had 504, and then Zach Harrison had 484. And that was in 13 games. If you look at Notre Dame this year and you look at their snap distribution, I mean Isaiah Foskey played 563 snaps. Jason at Justin Adam Mill had 485, and then Riley Mills played 415. The number three guy at Ohio State be, at, at defensive end was 329. You yeah. know, so so you had a lot more of a of a rotation there, to be completely honest with you, than what you saw. He played 250 snaps, so just under 20 snaps a game. So you saw a little bit more of a rotation there. Uh, you, you'd see Ohio State go to some some nickel at times on third down and, and take the big end out at times or take one of the interior guys out at times. So uh, just to understand what he's doing, but th- I think that's important for this defense, Ryan, because I don't think Notre Dame needs a – here's my issue with Byron Vaughn's, and this is something you and I have talked about. Byron Vaughn's, to me, probably brings a higher ceiling. Just as a pure player. Yep. But he's he's more raw. He's more of an unknown. He – I mean, I watched him against Bama, and athletically he could compete against Bama. Technically he couldn't. Yes. And so – you know, he has a year left. You, you have a lot of teaching to do with him. And he projects more to position that you already feel good about as a staff. Now, people can disagree with that. Like yeah. I hear see people saying like, oh, he's he's got a, you know, he's he they need another Viper. Okay, that's fair. I mean, if you think that, you think that. But I'm just telling you the staff really likes where they're at with Viper. And the only way they were going to bring a Viper in is if that guy was a dude, right? Like yes. a, an absolute dude. Is someone who is on Isaiah Foskey's level as a player. That guy wasn't out there, and if he was out there, he wasn't coming to Notre Dame. Sure. And so, you know, you, you look at it, Ryan, to me, is is understand what these roles are. Same with Thomas uh, Thomas Harper. They weren't bringing Thomas Harper in to be, okay, you know, we got Cam Hart, who we think can be an All-American. We've got you know, Benjamin Morrison, and we're bringing you to be an All-American. I don't think they're going to look at him the same way that they did Brandon Joseph, for example. How'd that turn out? Right. They're saying these guys are coming in and they are going to be, we know the floor. We know that at the very least, we know what we're going to get from Thomas Harper and it's pretty good and it fits a niche. We know the floor of what we're going to get from Javante Jean Baptiste and it's, it's pretty good. It's going to fit a niche. If they can yes. play beyond that, then great. Because here's the thing you have to understand is Notre Dame already has a lot of high ceiling, unproven raw guys already on the roster. So why waste time with not waste time? Why take a chance on Byron Vaughn's when I just rather say coach up Josh Burnham, right? Coach up Tyson Ford, coach up, 
you know, the, the, the guy, Aiden Gobira and the guys you already have on your roster, Jason Onye. And so that's the deal is, is, is you, you're, you're looking at it, right. Is you've got to get that kind of guy because you know, there are some big names on the, on the market at defensive line, but does anybody think that, do you remember where Jordan Birch is from the kid from South Carolina? I'm going to look he, up real quick. He's a he's South, definitely a South he's a Southeastern kid. He's definitely, yeah, I think he's, kid. I think he's an in-state kid. He's going to Oregon, right? A kid from South Carolina is going to Oregon. Why? You're not getting that kid. Right. So, so that's not that guy was not on the market for Notre Dame. And I think the other thing too is is these kids are coming, and I think you made a statement. They're looking to improve their draft stock. They're going to be hungry. Yes. My issue with with Brandon Joseph is he never played hungry. He never played like he really wanted to be here and do something. And once Notre Dame lost a couple games early. It's kind of like you just never got the same Brandon Joseph. These kids are going to come in, in my opinion, and be hungrier. Yeah, I think that's important. So I wasn't really concerned about getting a high ceiling. Like Byron Vaughn's has some upside, but I would you and I talked about this. I was always nervous about like that's a raw dude, and you were on board with me on that. I think right. Yeah. yeah. And yes. and do you really want to take a chance on a kid like that, or do you want to bring in a kid with a much higher floor and has a lot more personal, I mean, positional flexibility? And that's why they they went the direction of because it was basically it was going to be one or the other, and we're going to take both. They're going to take one or the other, and that's that's one of the several factors that kind of you know played into the the idea of them him being the guy that they would target. I think the positional flexibility is a big thing that we didn't even hit on as much because yeah, we're talking about Javante Jean Baptiste as being a big end in their system, and that's where you know he's being projected. But if he needs to play Viper, he can, right? Because he has enough skill set to be able to play that in a pinch. Byron Vaughn's, in your comparison, I have the verified on him from last spring. He was 6'5", with 35 and 7 eighth inch arms, crazy length. But he's only 228 pounds, right? He's not a guy that's ever going to be able to play big end. He's going to be a fight. Are you concerned at all that his weight has continued to go down and down and down? He's 245 at Texas. Then he yeah. was like 230, 235 his first year at Utah State. Then he was down on the roster this year, 225. And I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. I, I, th- I think Texas may have been a little <laughs> lying. Well, if you look at him early, early on, though, at Texas, if you yeah. go back and watch those clips, he was beefed up, but he yeah. wasn't explosive. He had he didn't have any explosiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – no, was he 245 or not? He looked a little – let's just say he looked a little chunkier at Texas than he did at Utah State. Yeah. But that concerns me. Mm-hmm. A guy that put on 15 pounds and lost a little bit of his burst because he actually played a little bit in 2019 for yeah. them. And, and so I, I I like this pickup. Are, is this the kind of pickup and is Thomas Harper the kind of pickup that's going to be sexy and be the Sam Hartman type of pickup in the defense? No, it's not. That guy to me would have been Braden Fisk for me. Yes. yes. And they missed. They missed on him. They're just There's they no missed. other way to say it, right? There's no spin on that one. Now, here's the thing about Braden Fisk. I think they still would have taken Braden, this kid, if they'd have gotten Braden Fisk as well. Agreed. Because more inside guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because then he would have been more, You maybe you could have kept Riley Mills at big end, but now you'd have a much more potent end rotation. And then John Baptiste could have maybe taken a little just Natamiola role, in my view. So uh, good pickup, Ryan, and we'll move on to the mailbag next, but this is a good pickup. I think we, we did a, you know, kind of got into the film and just the backstory. I don't know how much of a role Al Washington played in this. I haven't been told the role. I would ass- I'm would. i assuming he played a role 
in this, if not an important role, since he knew the kid. Right. He has a relationship. Yeah. Prior relationship. You would think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the other piece to it too, Ryan, is, is you had told me the other day, um, are, are we able to talk about kind of what you and I talked about the other day about what we were hearing that he was kind of what he was considering as opposed yeah. to it was either Notre Dame or yes. That, I didn't, okay. So he was Ryan, you, you and I talked about this. He was, he was mm-hmm. contemplating going to the NFL now and, and, that made this decision. So. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can say that a little, I can say that out loud. It's not a big deal. So, but yeah, but he was, he was kind of split to my understanding a few days ago. He actually has an NFL PA bowl invite, which they play out in Pasadena. It's one of the, the pre the uh, postseason all-star games. So he was a kid that was on draft radars. So like I said, he had a seventh round grade from NFS last spring. So he's a guy that the NFL has kept close tabs on and he was pretty split uh, apparently a few days ago. And if he had decided, he probably would be in Pasadena later this month playing at the NFL PA Bowl at worst. So he's a kid, again, that was contemplating the NFL. And I, I just want people to understand that, right? He was a late-round PFA type coming into the year, had some decent production. He's coming to Notre Dame to hopefully go from a late-round pick to maybe an early day three pick, right? Like that's that's the escalation that he's trying to get. I don't think he has a ton more upside aside from that. Right. But – be aware that Notre Dame just got a kid that's probably going to play in the NFL for a few years. They most right. likely. Yeah. Right. And that's good, right? That's, that's obviously a good thing. So uh, Thomas Harper, I think is a very similar, very similar situation, you know? So if he can have a good year at Notre Dame, so Ryan, that's, that's it for Javante John Baptiste. We're going to get in the mailbag next, but uh, before we do folks, Hey, it's never too early to hit that like button, to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell and share this podcast. What?